Welcome to the Firehouse. I'm your host, Captain Kyle Smith. You're responding down the road less traveled and route to financial freedom. If you're a first responder, then planning your future through financial literacy is a minimum requirement. This isn't financial advice, just a conversation to get your wheels turning. Ready? Good. Because you're at scene. What's up, everyone? It's Captain Kyle Smith, and this week I sat down for a morning meeting with San Diego Fire Captain Eric Fall. Listen in as he shares all the different ways that you can help contribute to your retirement and hedge against inflation, taxes, and sequence risk. Hope you guys enjoy it. Eric, welcome to the bullpen. Thanks for meeting me. Hey, thank you, Kyle. Um, I heard a lot of great things. Uh, my guys at the fire station uh, mentioned your uh, podcast that you were doing, and uh, I'm honored to be on the show. Hopefully, I can contribute something, um, at least tell you what not to do. So uh, I'm here. How yeah, are you guys perfect. doing? Yeah, good. Um, well, if you do tell us what not to do, it's probably based on some things that you did the, the wrong way. And with that being said, you're in a very good company there. So um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm stoked to hear about your first alarm. But Eric, before we get into that, how have things kind of changed at the Falk uh, household since the pandemic started? You know, um, it, there, there's been quite a few changes. You know, uh, my wife's a teacher and it was an interesting situation to where um, she's up in Escondido and her school district decided to go back in person. But we live uh, here in North Park and uh, the San Diego City Schools were closed. So it was a kind of a, a rough situation for us for uh, the last like six months. But uh, right now um, our kids just got back to full school. Uh, so we're trying to get back to some type of normalcy. But yeah, it, it, it definitely has affected us, um, not so much financially, but um, definitely um, it's good to get the kids back to socialization a little bit. I could definitely see that need for, um, for that uh, getting out of the house. They were getting way too comfortable with us, I think, over here. I, a lot of whining going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. And for those that are listening from outside the area, Escondido to North Park is about 45 minutes away. So it is, um, that sounds like it's very challenging. And if, but I think, you know, we're slowly starting to open back up. We're slowly starting to get the kids back to school and kind of seeing the tail end of the thing. Hopefully, you know, we're still not right. out of yet, but um, I think we're trending that way. So that's good. Right. No, I, I definitely agree. And like I said, you know, we, we were very fortunate uh, through the pandemic, you know, me, uh, you know, being a firefighter and my wife being a teacher, you know, we didn't lose our jobs. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I always say, you know, hey, you know, as as bad as sometimes things or we can think things are, we're, we were very fortunate, you know, through these times with people like losing their jobs. We had a lot of family and friends that are going through some really tough times right now. So, you know, it's always good to look at the the uh, you know good side of the coin and like I said knock on wood um, we've, we've been surviving I think better than most so uh, very fortunate in that aspect yeah 100% and that's the right attitude that's the right approach to take that um, you know there's silver lining that can be found even if you are really struggling there are good things that have come about um, throughout the pandemic um, if, if for nothing else um, having your kids home for for an extended period of time was really nice and and yeah it, it does start to wear on you where they do start to whine a little bit and they're just hanging around the house can't do anything but you know it is well I think we'll look back in in years to come and really be grateful for the amount of time we got to spend with them so yeah that that, that is a good uh, point and I know um, you're you're playing a lot of sports with your kids uh, you know I'm doing kind of the same with mine you know taking them out to the park and you know playing so yeah, I, it, definitely a, um, a positive spin on spending more time with the kids. So yeah. I, I know my, my kids have really enjoyed it and sleeping in a little bit and being, you know, in PJs half the day. You know, we, we actually had to like crack the whip a little bit and say, okay, 
you got to, you know, actually put some real clothes on, you know what I mean? And when you uh, are zooming with your kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, people can't see the top half of us. I'm, I'm actually not even wearing pants, so I can't say anything about that. Eric, you ready to get into your first alarm? Yes. Yes, I am. We'll run on. So as you will well know, a first alarm assignment at the San Diego Fire Department consists of four engines and a truck. But here at the firehouse, I'll ask you four questions. You give us one piece of advice. That sound good? All right. Sounds great. All right, cool. So you're going to be first in on your first alarm. And when you're first in, you got to give a size up. So that's who you are, where right. you work, and how long you've been doing it. Awesome. Uh, well, my name is Eric Falk. Uh, I work for the San Diego Fire Department. Uh, I've been working there for, it's coming up on 16 years right now. Uh, I'm a captain at uh, the Hazmat um, Station, which is down at Station 45. Uh, I've got uh, great people around me. Uh, it's a great department. Um, I really love what I do. Um, you know, I think most of you guys uh, that know me always see uh, like, oh, Eric, you're always like happy. It's because you know what? Um, I like I am very stoked um, where I'm at and where I'm at in life. And you know what I mean? I, I want to not only share, but like I want to, um, you know, tell people like, hey, you know what I mean? There's there's a lot of uh, other things that we could be doing um, that are less glamorous and, you know, maybe not make as lucrative of a paycheck. So, you know, and Again, well, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get that raise. Um, but, you know, if, if not, you know, we, uh, I think we, we, we all just keep doing uh, our job. And like I said, uh, very fortunate um, to be at a hazmat station too, where that, you know, that's an, a little extra money, which is also something that, uh, you know, people don't realize when they're working. Like when I'm working, I'd rather work and make a little extra money for the family than, than not. So, uh, you know, and it's not all financially driven because uh, I do like the um, the hazmat aspect of it and uh, the the station, but I mean, 10% doesn't hurt either, right? So, you know, it's just one of those things to where, um, you know, that's that's always something that I throw out to the guys as, as a little carrot, you know, dangling, hey, you don't want to go to 12s, even though no, I always encourage them to go to 12s. I know that was one of your old uh, stations, and I'm always encouraging my guys to go over to inner city and get that experience. But um, before they get to a really good double house, I hopefully I can keep them over with me for a few more years. So yeah, the extra bucks, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, for those listening that are not from San Diego, uh, we do get hazard pay for stations like, uh, 45s where Eric is stationed, um, as a hazmat technician and other, other areas where you're doing additional, uh, you have additional job responsibilities. So our, our department um, gives them a little bit of a pay incentive. Uh, 45s is in the middle of our city, right across the street from um, the old, there's, there used to be this team here in San Diego called the Chargers or something, Eric, I forget. Uh, <laughs> like football or something. Who? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they used to, they used to be around, but that's where station 45 is. Um, so kind of um, rewinding a little bit, where did, you know, you know, you, you mentioned the benefit of the, of the extra pay bump. If you've got to be at work anyway, you might as well try to get a little bit of extra, but where did your journey um, towards financial independence really begin? You know, um, we, what, what going through, and I actually wrote some notes um, of like maybe some things that I wanted to go over, and it, it really started uh, from my parents. Um, my, my dad, um, he died at 93 about five years ago, and you're like, man, how old are you, Eric? And, you know, he had me really late. He had me in his 50s, you know what I mean? And um, my mom was like 20 years younger than him, and uh, he grew up in the Depression. Uh, he had like an accounting background, but he was very conservative. And people say, oh, well, your dad was an accountant and, you know, he worked at Caltrans and he got a pension. But man, his pension, um, I think, was 800 bucks a month. And uh, one thing that I realized was after he retired, 
Um, he, he was a very conservative. And so he never invested in the stock market. He didn't want to buy real estate. He bought like I bonds and E bonds. And you know, he was making between like three and maybe 5% on these bonds. And at that time, uh, the stock market and the housing prices, you could just see that inflation just pretty much got a hold of him and he never got out of his shell. Uh, so, you know, it was a good thing of, you know, him being that super saver and wanting to save all this stuff. But I also learned from my, like what not to do. And it's like, man, you know, as, as you know, right now, real estate is, I mean, it, it's going crazy around here. And, um, you know, you, you can't just have your money on the sideline your entire life, hoping that, you know, um, oh, if, if things are going to crash, you know what I mean? Like you have to do something uh, to go forward. So uh, that, that was kind of how my journey kind of began of, um, having a good solid background in finance, I ended up going over to San Diego State and having an international business degree with a finance, um, uh, you know, a minor. And uh, with that, it, it definitely opened my eyes of, hey, there's a lot of opportunities to actually make more money than just uh, going into the I bond or inflation bonds or the EE bonds that are making I mean, right now they're making like less than what one or two percent. So, um, yeah, it's it's something that really kind of got me kickstarted in wanting to get that financial freedom. So that 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 was kind of the start of it, I would say. Is that okay? That makes a lot of sense, man. We are all informed by our parents. That's the first that's the first exposure we all have to to financial literacy or, or financing finances in general, whether they're investors or they're not. Um, that is going to have an impact on the way you view your money, right? Your, your money personality profile. Um, but you, you touched on something called inflation and, and how that, you know, inf influences you and all that. Can you just expand on that a little bit? Like why, why wouldn't I just want to keep, you know, a bunch of cash on the side and, and not worry about investing? It, it, maybe it's too complicated. It seems like it's overwhelming. Like why is it important to invest to hedge against inflation? Right. You know, uh, you know, in, inflation is a very, um, it's a very real, and I think we've all realized that, and I kind of use real estate as an example right now. Um, you know, 20 years ago, house prices were, I mean, you could buy a place in Pacific Beach or North Park for like, you know, three, 400,000. I mean, you're, you're sniffing at what, almost a million bucks for just a, a house, and it's not even a great house. It's like a, you know, a thousand square foot house. And that inflation means that, you know, the costs cost of living um, increases as we get older. And what we need to do is we need to make sure that our, our savings and our financial plan matches up to that to where, you know, what, what's good now might not be good for us in 10, 15 years, right? And that's one of the things that, you know, I learned. And I, I think I'm like you, Kyle, I've always talked to some of the older uh, people from our department that were retiring and one of the things, you know, that we talked about it was, well, do we not want to retire like in a down market versus an up market? And hopefully, I think the goal is to not worry about the market still and have enough different nest eggs of maybe a little bit in real estate, maybe a little bit in, you know, your 401k deferred comp or Roth IRA and have a few different, um, you know, baskets to draw from so you don't you're not worried about that stock market crashing, you know what I'm saying? Oh, well, I can't survive, right? So this is 
where that inflation, I think, does catch up with us. Because if we just put it in our mattress and just hope that we're going to be fine in 20 years, in 20 years, I mean, who knows what the house prices are? Who knows what the cost of milk is? Um, there, there's going to be a lot of changes, you know, coming. And so I think for us to not work like my dad, my dad worked up until he was in his 80s, right? You know what I mean? And he was a worker and he, you know, he gave me a great work ethic. But, and that was a great generation. I think that, you know, they called it the greatest generation of all time. You know, they never complained and they worked really hard. But I'm telling you, I, I don't want to work until I'm 80. You know what I mean? So this is kind of, it kind of jump started me into thinking, okay, let, how, how do I not get into that situation? So that, you know, so, and again, that inflation did hurt him a lot. Yeah. And so that. No, that makes sense, man. And that's, you know, we used to make fun of our folks where they could go to the, the, the corner store and buy a candy bar for 10 cents. You know, our yeah. kids do that today. It's like a dollar 50. That is inflation. The cost of goods and services going up over time. So what your dollar today buys you is going to be a lot less than what it can do in the future. That's actually why I really love real estate because you're buying uh, a piece of property with today's money, but not having to pay it off until way down the road because of the leverage you use with debt. Um, and people have to really understand that. That piece you're talking about, about diversifying your streams of income, right? You have your W-2 work, you, the work from the fire department, but then also doing a little investing on the side. It's a way of just, you know, if the stock market it starts to dip, then you still got the real estate over here. What our folks have to understand is we are in such a position of power because we have such a secure paycheck every two weeks. And, and then you guys yourselves with your wife being a teacher, we have that great foundation that we can blast off from, but we have to be accountable. We have to take action and we have to be deliberate in the way we do it. Um, so if you, if your journey began with uh, a, a father who didn't invest, where are you now on that path? Right. Um, you know, so uh, I think most of you uh, know that work for our department, you know, I've, I've worked pretty hard, like with uh, either working overtime or, you know, teaching or trying to come up with other avenues uh, to make money. Um, I, I think I got my father's work ethic. But again, like I said, I don't want to keep continuing it because uh, I think my wife is uh, sick of me saying, oh, overtime's going away. And, uh, you know, it's not going to be like this forever. And I think after, you know, the, this is our 10th year of being married, uh, she's kind of over it. She's like, all right, you need to start slowing this down. But um, you know, what, one, of, one of our goals is, you know, my wife is also a little bit younger. She's eight years younger than me and a teacher. And one of my goals is hopefully to get her to retire sooner so we can enjoy retirement together. And, you know, for that to happen, it kind of forced my hand to do something more than just um, working on the fire department and working overtime. I realized that that wasn't enough to, um, to really have that financial freedom. Uh, for and I give kudos out to for the people that are on our job that are like you know the, the single income providers. You know I'm very fortunate to have a, a wife that does work, even though you know teachers don't make that much money. You know, uh, you know we're on our healthcare system, and um, you know that little extra income does help. Um, but you know there, there there's so many different you know um, factors that come into it. But um, you know working hard early in your career. And trying to get that um, savings and uh, going, and uh, there's a, a thing called compounding interest. Um, you know that that's something that uh, you know I did when I was younger, but um, I stopped contributing because you know I bought a house and we can go into a little bit of real estate, you know, and uh, the way we can uh, you know work around the this height of the market, but. Um, you know, you just have to really realize that 
when you invest early, that compounding interest over, you know, 15 years might be an X percentage, but in 30 years, that thing will almost double or triple in size. And, you know, I, I hear the, some of these old retired people that said, oh yeah, you know, I, every time I promoted, I took X amount of dollars and, um, you know, I put, I added that to my 401k, you know, uh, retirement. And now look at what my account is. I'm seeing these like six figures or even seven figure numbers. And I'm like going, wow, like that is like, like unbelievable. So, um, it kind of got me kickstarted into doing, you know, a, a few different, um, you know, avenues of, okay, you know, what, what can I do? Do I want to buy a house? And that was one of the things where um, I bought the, the house before I met my wife. And I, it was very difficult for me because I was like a single income person. And uh, one thing that I always kind of recommend to um, our guys that say, man, everything's so expensive is I bought a two-on-one or a house with a granny flat on it. And I ended up living in that granny flat and ended up renting out, you know, part of the unit to pay for over half of the mortgage, right? So that that's kind of a, you know, different avenues to when people say, oh my gosh, you know, I can't afford a million dollar house. Well, if, if you, if there's two houses on there, or if you can, you know, somehow get enough to, you know, build a granny flat or maybe live in that granny flat and rent out, you have to kind of do that cost analysis of, okay, can, can I comfortably afford this mortgage? And Kyle, as you know, we went through some tough times quite a few years ago with the brownouts, you know, where a lot of our people, you know, lost their homes and, you know, definitely financially struggled. So I always, you know, I use this as a caveat, you know, you want to buy as much as you're comfortable with. But yeah, it's, um, you know, trying to get that um, financial freedom of, of having a few different baskets of like real estate versus, you know, putting enough in your 401k with that compounding interest. And then we can even talk about, you know, Roth IRAs. You know, I think a lot of our guys either aren't familiar with that, uh, but uh, you can uh, contribute. I want to say, it's, is it 6,000 now or 6,500 um, a year on that? But um, I mean, as that grows, that's post-tax money, but I mean, that grows now tax-free. And that's another great avenue to try to, um, to just put a different, um, you know, egg in a, a different basket. Yeah, that's, that's cool, man. Can you just explain the difference between post-tax investing versus pre-tax investing yes. in the 401k versus a, a okay. Roth IRA? Can you just touch on that a little bit? Yeah, so, you know, uh, 401k, what that does is it actually decreases the tax that you pay now, right? So that's, it, it's a great thing, especially if you're making a decent amount of money. And I always like recommend, hey, if you're working a lot of overtime and you don't have a lot of write-offs, which honestly, like our family, we don't have a lot of write-offs. I don't write a lot of things off. So Uncle Sam loves us, right? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm writing these checks, you know, we, we put like, you know, zero uh, dependence on and I'm not getting these massive, you know, tax breaks because you know what, you know, it, we're, we're just, we're, we're working, you know, both my wife and I, and we get into that tax bracket to where, you know, it really uh, hurts us. So one of the ways that we can protect uh, some of our money is to actually lower our tax base now and that is by putting it into uh, either like a 401k or a deferred compensation. So that is, uh, you know, one of the important kind of avenues to, to kind of look at your whole financial plan. And um, we can go into maybe a financial one pager, but I learned this from one of uh, our, my financial friends. And it kind of gives you kind of a, a good background of your own financial uh, situation of, okay, well, where's my money at? 
how, how am I doing tax wise? How am I doing, you know, compounding interest wise? And how am I doing real estate wise to try to really uh, get like a whole, a better picture of uh, financial freedom. So that, that post or pre-tax money versus post-tax money would be like a Roth IRA. And a Roth IRA means that you're paying tax on that money now. So it, it does not lower your taxes now, but when you put that money into there, you can actually now grow that tax-free. And for a lot of us that are planning on having, you know, good retirement nest eggs, hopefully, uh, that is our goal, is we're gonna be paying more taxes later when we have to cash that out. And so having that Roth IRA is a great avenue of, you know, having tax-free money coming out after uh, you retire. And I believe you can draw that out at 59 and a half. Um, and, and you can also draw the principal out uh, before without penalty at all, which again, we talked about that compounding interest, you know, which, which means, you know, your interest grows upon the interest that's growing. And, um, you know, those numbers are pretty astronomical. If you, I mean, you can YouTube it or do some research on it, but I mean, th those numbers are pretty staggering of, you know, keeping uh, your investments in at least like whatever percent that you're comfortable with. But uh, th those numbers are definitely true to help you, um, you know, get that wealth. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Bo Reinhardt, who I had on the program recent or a while back from the San Diego Tax Team, on his website, which I'll link, um, they have this great compounding interest calculator that that you just plug it in, and the numbers do just accelerate so quickly when you you have the benefit of the compounding interest. And I just I love that. But the part you're talking about is you know the the tax code. The the government loves investors, right? They they have all these incentives for investors. Why I love real estate. Another reason is the how generous the tax code is in terms of write-offs. But if you're looking for other methods, you're looking for other avenues to, to you know, sort of preserve preserve that wealth. You know, they they say it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. Some of these other avenues are, are really important to go down, whether it's a 401k or a Roth IRA or something else, um, because at some point taxes are going to come into the conversation. Um, and and you know, again, going back to the diversification part you have to project a little bit what you think your taxable, your tax bracket will be at retirement age, 59 and a half, for example, you have to project what you think that'll be. Are you going to be in a higher tax bracket? Or are you going to be in a lower tax bracket or the same? And then too, um, you, you know, so maybe that informs the way you allocate your resources. You know, if you think you're going to be um, in a different tax bracket, maybe that means you're going to contribute a little bit more to your 401k, or maybe that means you're going to um, contribute a little bit more to your Roth, depending on where you think you're going to be. But the hard part is, is that we have no idea what the tax code is going to look like in 20 years. So contribute maybe a little to the 401k pre-tax dollars, contribute maybe a little to the Roth IRA post-tax dollars as a hedge against the uncertainty of where the tax code might be. You're, you're exactly right. And uh, again, the future is very unknown, right? So, you know, if we try to, you know, just have, you know, maybe own a little bit of real estate, own a little pre-tax money, own a little post-tax money, and even maybe have another business or something on the side. I mean, you know, there, there's so many different ways to, to do this. But again, the only way that I know doesn't work just from me growing up is putting uh, money into a mattress, right? You know what I mean? And not doing anything with it. So yeah. uh, that's, I think that, that was the, the goal of, you know, maybe coming on here and, you know, talking about what, 
what what have I learned from people that have made mistakes? And I've definitely made some uh, pretty good mistakes uh, throughout my my financial career too. So um, yeah, just well, do, do you mind do you mind sharing some of those or sharing one yeah. that's in your mind? Something maybe you learned oh. from, got better from. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you, you would think you would learn from your previous mistakes, but um, this, this one actually just happened uh, recently. Um, you know, with, when COVID hit, um, I'm always a big advocate of, hey, you know what, set it and forget it, right? You start investing in your 401k, um, you know, deferred compensation, and just let the roller coaster ride over 30 years. The stock market's going to, you know, uh, take over and you're not going to have to worry about that. Well, you know, I give that advice. And of course, you know, I talked to some of the guys on my station and once COVID hit, the stock market crashed, right? It went down. I think we all saw like 20 to 30% losses. And I thought in my mind, I was like, man, what is going on? This world is changing. If I can just get back to where I was, I'm going to pull out and I'm just going to let this thing ride, right? So what did I do? The thing came right back to where it was. And I was like, I told my guys at the station, I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm pulling out. So luckily I only pulled out half. So I have my Roth IRA, that's still the investment, and I have my wife's retirement that's still investing in the market. But I took pretty much half of our retirement and I took it completely off. I'm like, you know what? You know, I, I can't see how this economy is going as strong as it is with everything being shut down and you know, with the you know, with the politics going on and everything. So I was like, hey pull it out. Well, what, it, what are we at? Like, you know, uh, two months later, we're at like the height of the market. And, you know, I'm like, wow, like, you know, I, I can't believe that, you know, I, I thought for sure I was going to be that guy that like knew what was going on. I had no idea. You know what I mean? And that's one of those things to where I'm kicking myself now. So, I mean, that, that, that's just like, um, you know, trying to be like a, a trader, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I think if anyone tells you they know about the market there, they, they don't like no one can, you know, foresee the market. It's always easy. Like, you know, the Bitcoins and stuff are, are the latest and greatest thing right now uh, or Tesla, you know, last year, it's always like, I, I, I think, you know, you're, it's almost educated gambling going on, you know what I mean? So that's where, um, you know, Keep, keeping those investments going, you know, even though like sometimes like your, your gut tells you otherwise, um, again, sometimes you, you lose just by doing that as well. Yeah, for sure. And they always say, you know, time in the market is much more important than trying to time the market. I know for sure. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the headspace or the bandwidth to, to follow the amount of information required to actually be an effective trader. I, I don't, I, it's not something that is, um, interesting enough for me that I would want to do that. Um, so I, I like you, I like not set it and forget it, but I like, um, just this slow and steady growth over time for me, that, that is, um, a perfectly acceptable amount of returns for the amount of effort that I'm putting forward. And, um, I, for me, and I think for probably for most of our folks, that's the way to go. Um, now, if somebody was trying to get started in this area of personal finance or, or personal or financial independence, Eric, like, where would you direct them? What would you tell them? You know, uh, you know, the big thing, and I think uh, we've all heard this, it takes money to make money. You know what I mean? Like, and sometimes you do have to take some risk. Um, you know, I started, um, uh, you know, with putting a lot of the money that I had saved up into the house, right? And, um, you know, I bought a two-on-one, uh, as I said earlier, and that got, kind of gave me that at least, hey, I'm in on this one aspect of it but I really didn't have money to do anything else. And one of my buddies had this like really good investment uh, plan where he was like, hey, um, you know, I worked at this company. Um, they, they were buying secondary loans from a bank. And, um, 
you know, where we were actually buying them at 10 cents off the dollar because these, you know, there were so many foreclosures going on and these uh, banks were trying to just offload these secondary mortgages. So he was, I was working for this company that were buying these and he would like, we were just holding them and then, you know, selling them back at like 30, 40 cents. And he goes, this guy was 39 years old and he retired. It, you know what I mean? So they, he ended up losing his job, but he was like, I still had the contacts. He said, well, why don't we do that? So he came to me and said, well, can we, um, you know, would you be interested? And I'm like, well, I don't have cash. And he actually mentioned, well, he said, can you pull some out of your, your home? You know what I mean? And I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, that talk about sleepless nights and talking, you know, with your, uh, you know, wife or spouse, uh, you know, or family members, whoever's important. That is, and I think, you know, that is one of the most important things is for you and your family to be on the same page, right? And so, I mean, this was a lot of sleepless nights. And so we ended up doing it and taking that kind of financial risk. And, you know, it paid off, which, you know, it couldn't have, but, you know, the HELOC that we actually pulled off or that, you know, temporary loan off our house that we used, um, we could have still afforded our home and been fine. Like, you know, if, if he would have taken off to Costa Rica and we would have never seen him again, you know what? It wouldn't have really changed our life, you know, dramatically. Yeah, it would have been a, a bummer and it probably would have taken us a few more years to maybe pay off our home. But um, it was a financial kind of almost risk and opportunity to where, you know, we did have that equity and, you know, we could pull some money out. And, and I'm not recommending for people to like pull money out of their homes and go to these like, you know, crazy adventures. But if it really makes sense and you really trust the, the people, one, you have to really trust them. And two, doing business with family or friends, as you guys know, or even, you know, people on the fire department, um, you know, it, it, you should have it crystal clear because you never want friendships or, you know, uh, you know, money does strange things to people. I think you, you, we, we've all seen that, um, you know, throughout like my life. And, you know, every, everything looks great up until it was a business. So if you are going to make like a business venture like that, it was like a crystal clear, like, like we had a contract, we ended up opening up like an LLC, like it was like full on, like, okay, I knew exactly where I stood. And if one of us wanted out, this was what we were going to do. You're right. So, you know, taking that opportunity to do something like that, um, you know, again, was a chance, but it, it it's a chance for us to get that financial freedom to where if I wouldn't have done that, you know, how much longer would I have just ended up like my dad and not done anything? You know what I mean? So that, that was one of those things. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, it's interesting, man, is we get so good at the risk assessment on the calls that we go on. We, we become experts at that, but we, we don't really have that experience in personal finance or, or in, in the investing world. And so it makes us like, very conservative. And then all of a sudden, this guy over here has some cockamamie scheme that he wants to invest in. And then we're like, yes, I'm in. I'm all in. Without yeah. doing any due diligence, without learning the very first thing about anything. Um, and it just boggles your mind because like we are professional problem solvers. We we are the ones that are responsible for doing the thing out here. And then when it comes to investing, we just get ourselves all screwed over. And it just, it like really frustrates me. And that is a huge reason that the firehouse even exists, man. So that we can, we can push this information out. We can give people um, the tools they might need um, to help them make informed decisions. But, um, you know, just to kind of wrap up your first alarm here, Eric, looking back, what piece of advice would you give your probationary self as it relates to personal finance or investing or anything else? 
you know, you know, um, you know, financially, um, you know, we talked about, you know, just putting that money at least a little bit into like your 401k. And I know people are like, well, I'm trying to save up for a house. I'm trying to, you know, save up for this. And, you know, and my house is my investment. And I totally get that. But, you know, as you promote or as you get even to like a specialty station, you know, maybe take a small percentage of that and put that away because I'm telling you, um, I've, I've seen it. And, you know, you would think that I would have known better, you know, as a finance major, but I also, kind of was a little hesitant and I kind of stopped putting into 401k and deferred comp for, you know, quite a few years because I had all these other avenues. But, you know, what's crazy though, Kyle, is if I would have just invested in the 401k and deferred comp from the get-go and all these other little wazoo adventures that, you know, ended up working out, I wouldn't have been that far behind if I would have just done that gravy train from the beginning and just started investing that with that compounding interest. Yeah, man, that's, that's perfect. That's really well said, man. Um, just, you know, we can't, we can't go back and change the past, but we can start right here, right now and change the future. And, and if we, if we do that, if we're intentional, if we invest instead of just sock money underneath the, the bed or in the closet or whatever, you know, we will be sitting here in 20 years looking back, just so stoked that we did that because of the power of compounding interest. And I just love that, man. I think with that, Eric, you got knocked down on your first alarm. Uh, perfect. Uh, you know, we, we, we might get a, uh, you know, a call back to it, you know, hopefully later if we didn't pull that ceiling, you know, you're going to tell me it's blown in insulation, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe so. We'll, we'll get a rekindle going in a little bit. But uh, hey, if people are looking to continue the conversation with you, Eric, where could they find you? Yeah, you know, I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook, but I am on at Station 45. And I think uh, most of the people on our job, um, you know, I have an open, uh, you know, uh, communication line with uh, anyone. If you guys ever want to talk, uh, please, uh, I'm more than happy to, to talk and uh, continue the conversation. Or if you, through your end, uh, see that people have more questions about stuff, I would be more than happy to uh, rejoin or, you know, answer whatever, whatever those, uh, you know, iffy questions are. Yeah, perfect. And and people that are listening to this from outside our department, if you're just get interested in getting in touch with Eric, just contact me and I'll put you in touch. Um, Eric, I want to thank you for all the information that you've given us uh, today, all the great conversations you and I have had over the years. And um, yeah, for your time today. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much, Kyle. Thank you for putting this on. Like I said, I know um, everyone's appreciative of it. So um, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, hey, thanks again to Eric for meeting me here in the bullpen. Guys, his message about using the power of compounding interest to really accelerate the growth of your nest egg is just perfect. And then using the diversification of investing in pre-tax dollars or post-tax dollars is a great way to ensure that you have the retirement that you want. If you'd like to learn more about Eric, go ahead and contact me and I'll put you in touch with him. If you'd like to learn more about us, we're on Facebook at The Firehouse. That's f.i.r.ehouse. On Instagram, the underscore fire underscore house. On LinkedIn, The Firehouse Investors or any place you listen to podcasts. If you learned something today and you'd like to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe, but no matter what you do, take this information, go out there, and get some. Station out.